TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome into Loon Talk here on Score North. Jonathan Harrison, your host. I am also the producer for the Crafty Rogues. They made sure I mentioned that first off. If you listen to the, craft, the latest episode of the Crafty Rogues, Stephen Quinn got after me for not mentioning them last time, so I will be sure to mention them here at the front of the episode this time. Jonathan Harrison here. My guest this week, Pioneer Press reporter for Minnesota United and Gopher Sports, Andy Greeter. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Uh, it's a bit, it's a bit of a different time and nothing I ever expected to have to ever cover in sports. I mean, with all the cancellations, all the sports being canceled in this country, essentially, it's, it's definitely something I never expected to cover. I don't know about you. I mean, this is completely different and something really weird. And I, I just don't know how to process it all at times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when I when I say I'm great, I'm I'm great because I'm, yeah. I'm healthy and yep. and people around me are. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very uh, odd, bizarre time to to be involved in sports when everything comes to a screeching halt like it has. Mm-hmm. You know, I I tweeted yesterday that you know that one day after Major League Baseball's All Star Game when there aren't any live sports. Yes. And you don't really know what to do. Uh, that's every day now. Yeah, that's and it's our it's our new reality, and and it's just going to be very weird to to come to grips with. And and I I did it last night. I got an early flight out of uh, Indianapolis. I was covering the Big Ten tournament, and uh, you know it was a, once that got canceled, I got on an earlier flight and got home, and and uh, you know cracked a beer and and thought, oh, maybe maybe I can watch some CONCACAF Champions League. And I had (laughs) forgotten that the entire sports world had shut down. And that was uh, kind of a moment where I was like, yeah, this is is the new reality. I'm going to have to, you know, pick up a book. I'm going to have to walk my dog some more. I'm going to have to (laughs) find some new hobbies here for for a little bit. It's a very strange time. Right. So, I mean... I'm. We're all kind of figuring out here on the sports radio side what we're going to do for the next month. Right. How does that change kind of what you do as a sports writer, as a beat writer for a newspaper? How does that change what you do for, I guess, the next month now without sports to write about? Yeah, it's it's a it's a very uh, unprecedented time. Um, I'm not exactly sure uh, what our plan is right now. I know that our you know, sports section is, is going to, uh, you know, shrink substantially. Right. And, uh, we're going to try to figure out things to, to cover from a sports related standpoint, you know, kind of all the follow-up stories with, with coronavirus impacts and, uh, you know, kind of see when things can get restarted and, and kind of the, the rhythms of, of sports, uh, come back. So, yeah, I think it's all, we're all trying to figure it out, uh, at the same time. And, and it's going to be kind of a, a lull here uh, in the meantime, but yeah, I mean, it's there was even some news here today that that the Big Ten was saying that they might restart some team activities in mid-April. So you know mm-hmm. there'll be continually uh, news, I think, um, as this thing uh, develops, and and uh, teams might be able to maybe restart early, or things might change uh, in midstream. So there will be that kind of coverage too. So let's jump into how this affects what we mainly talk about here on Loon Talk, Minnesota United and Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer releasing a statement yesterday morning 
um, saying that they're, they're suspending activity for 30 days uh, effective immediately as the league continues to assess the impact of COVID-19 with its medical task force and public health officials. At the appropriate time, the league and clubs will communicate plans for the continuation of the 2020 season and update the status of league events. What were your thoughts when you saw, I mean, we saw the NBA close down the night before and we saw that there was maybe yeah. talks that MLS might do the same and then they actually did it. What were your thoughts when that came down and what can you tell us about how the league uh, plans to go forward from here? Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely seemed uh, inevitable as you know the NBA kind of led the way mm-hmm. uh, once Rudy Gobert uh, tested positive and it was uh, among players. Um yeah, so I think what's interesting about this is, you know, they've set a 30-day window um, when other leagues and, and other outfits have, uh, you know, either canceled seasons or suspe- suspended them indefinitely. Um, I think that it's uh, optimistic that, you know, where the the crisis is, we'll have uh, maybe with social distancing dissipated and, and we can get back to uh, our normal routines with sports. Um, I know that uh, there's kind of a, a training moratorium that the league has, has put in place uh, through, I think, Sunday, the 15th. Yeah, so, I think all players are allowed uh, to return on Monday. Yeah, so uh, we'll see um, kind of what capacity that'll look like, um, how um, much of group sessions there will be, how much it will be uh, kind of individual um, and yeah, then it's just kind of a, a wait and see uh, approach until then, and, and kind of where they go from there as, as this uh, crisis uh, mounts, and, and we try to get a grip on it. Uh, do you know anything about the MLS's uh, want to participate in the U.S. Open Cup? I think Jeff Reuter tweeted it out either I think it was last night where. The USL, the lower leagues in America, has told U.S. soccer of their intent not to participate in the U.S. Open Cup in 2020 in order to prioritize the rescheduling of the regular season matches affected by all of this. Do you know if there's any talks of MLS not participating this year? Uh, I would imagine that they are discussing that, as well as League's Cup and and what happens with the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, uh, All of those things. Um, kind of those ancillary tournaments that are kind of around the MLS season, which uh, for a lot of people is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it, it's, the season is, is going to be condensed. Uh, uh, you know, they talk about trying to play all the games, but we'll see if that actually happen. Uh, and if these other tournaments like League's Cup or the U.S. Open Cup or CONCACAF Champions League are kind of, uh, you know, collateral damage and, and they go by the wayside as, as schedules uh, try to get sorted out. But, yeah, I'd imagine that's a, a possibility um, as this changes and you try to fit in the MLS season in a condensed time. Have you heard anything about Minnesota United's plan for the next month, how they plan to keep their players fit and in shape, and um, what the plan is going forward once the league restarts? If it is, in fact, in 30 days, how they plan on where where the schedule starts, I guess. Yeah, um, we're. Gonna, I think it, they're figuring that out at the same time. I think that they're, um, you know, kind of going into uncharted territory yeah. as well. And uh, I think that that'll kind of be uh, an ever-changing target as news comes out and, and as uh, this crisis gets gets handled in different ways. So, yeah, I think it's all kind of a, a to-be-determined uh, type of environment. Yeah, it, it's... It's such a changing landscape, it seems almost by the minute now, 
with new league, or now with all the leagues officially suspended, I think except Liga MX right now, they plan on going forward this weekend. Everyone in Europe has grinded to a halt. Everyone in America, obviously, has grinded to a halt. It just, I don't know how they get back up and running. Like, what, one question I've always had throughout this process, throughout this last week, essentially, is how do they continue, like, when do they decide, okay, now is the point where we can get sports back going, we can have 20,000 fans back into Allianz Field, and I just can't figure out how that is because everything that I've read mm-hmm. on this, vaccinations at least a year away, I mean, how? what would be your best guess as to when they say it's okay to get back into a stadium again? Yeah, you know, this isn't my area of expertise yeah. by any means, but just being a, a news consumer, um, I think what's uh, important here is, is looking at you know, the, the precedent that's in China and South Korea and how after they uh, kind of enacted social distancing and were able to lessen uh, the amount of, of spread that was going on and kind of get it under control. And uh, it's not as affecting as many people anymore. And like Huron, the province in China where this started, um, I, I saw this week that they've started to uh, kind of allow people to return to their uh, daily habits and, and mm-hmm. norms, and and uh, you know I think that's kind of when uh, a point when we can you know reconvene and and do this again. Um, so yeah, it's kind of as they say, kind of lessening the curve, bringing down the the uh, rate of infection that is uh, potentially going to exceed the the uh, what we can do from a healthcare uh, capacity. So if we're able to do that, then I think we can sooner get on the the fields and the pitches, the courts, uh, and play some sports again. But um, yeah, it's it's going to come down to what the public health officials have to say, the CDC, the Minnesota Department of Health, um, and all of the other different outfits that that are trying to respond to this, and the epidemiologists and the, and the doctors and and the the politicians, and how they yeah. uh, kind of feel like when it's at a good place uh, and when it's under uh, control as much as they can uh, get it there, um, and uh, just kind of wait and see, and uh, just rely on the rely on the experts and realize that. A lot of these cases are mild, but it does impact certain populations more, uh, especially the elderly, and and everyone needs to be conscientious of that. Uh, we don't want to spend all all episode on <laughs> this because I mean, yeah, right. yeah, it's it's a bit of a downer topic. I get it, but it's also mm-hmm. a really important topic to discuss. So we'll move on from here. One thing I wanted to talk to you about before we get into the week, last weekend's match, Minnesota's five two win over San Jose is how much different soccer coverage has been compared to, you know, Gophers football, Gophers basketball, all the other coverage that you do for the Pioneer Press. How much different is soccer, is covering soccer than the other sports that you cover? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of similarities in, in how you try to cover it from, you know, games to features to analysis to uh, previews and, and advanced stories. Um, I would say that you know, just given the length of the season and oftentimes when they're only playing uh, one time a week, it's maybe a little bit more, <clears throat> excuse me, infrequent of, of coverage mm-hmm. uh, than some of the more, maybe more continuous things and, and uh, some of the, the um, you know, different beats that I have uh, with gophers from football to basketball to, to wrestling and you name it uh, over there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's similar in a lot of ways, um, I, but I think, um, what's unique about soccer is so much of of how we interpret the game 
um, and analyze the game is is on things that don't have a very often readable statistical kind of ability to analyze. You know, it's it's a lot of a lot of player movement, a lot mm-hmm. of you know, where their touch is, uh, what is the shape like? Um, so maybe it's a little bit more interpretive than maybe some of the other sports, but I think that kind of adds the, to the intrigue and, and to the um, to the understanding and, and kind of the uh, way you uh, kind of interpret the game. So I think that that's kind of interesting and, and unique to soccer. You mentioned the analytical, analytical part of the sport, and it's something that there's been a lot of pushback, and we saw that early on when baseball, sabermetrics, and all their stats started to come into play. Why do you think there's been such a, it seems like a very strong push to keep the these deep stats, these deeper stats out of basically general soccer talk? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because a lot of it can be very useful, yeah. right? I think when you look at and just for instance, the different heat maps that you can mm-hmm. see uh, for different players. You know, if, are they? Is that central attacking midfielder uh, really in the center, or does he kind of drift out to maybe the left side if if he's you know left footed? Um, or you know, are the, where is the inverted winger? Um, right. Is are, are they kind of coming in maybe more centrally? You know, where is the fullback? Is it you know Roman Matinere and and he's getting forward a lot, or or is it kind of a, a low? Um, low block and, and they stay very deep. So I think those are, are very interesting and can tell you a lot about where the game is and, and just some of the different stats that you see. You know, also um, playing really well and, and has uh, for the better part of uh, a, a year plus at this point. And, and you look at some of the kind of interventions and clearances and those things that aren't, you know, maybe necessarily advanced stats, but things that you're seeing more of now that can tell a story uh, with defenders that maybe you couldn't have told uh, recently um, right. and uh, a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting because you have different, you know, walks of life and people that kind of rely on their intuition or people that grew up uh, in the game uh, from an older time period that didn't have those things that, that know the game and rely on. And then just the way things have always been done, and then you see um, some newer uh, coaches or some some you know uh, fresh thinking coaches that really kind of invest and, and look at it and think that there's things to be drawn from it. So I mean, I think you see it in, in a lot of sports, and, and soccer's uh, similar in that respect. Yeah, it, it's one of those areas that I've always found fascinating is how you bring stats into a game that's such a fluid moving sport. Like NBA, you you have a you have a bunch of stats there, but ML, or soccer, just it doesn't seem like there's like we have shots on target, assists, goals, and some of those. Mm-hmm. Some people don't even like the assist stat, which is yeah. baffling to me. But yeah, um, so let's move on to the game that we, the last game that we saw from the Loons that we'll see for a while now. Minnesota's five two win in San Jose. We'll talk about this quickly just because so much has changed since then. Uh, it yeah. was it was a pretty good day for Ike Opara. Two goals for him. Mm-hmm. Another great day for Jan Gregish a goal and two assists for him. What did you think of their performance Saturday night in San Jose? Yeah. Um, just, you mentioned those two guys and, and they connected on, on, you know, two corner kicks and um, you could see in Portland in the season opener that those two guys uh, were trying to connect uh, on the back post at Providence park. And, 
there were some very close um, threatening chances, <clears throat> excuse me, that those two guys had, and mm-hmm. they were able to break through uh, with two goals. And uh, you know, one of them came near post, and one of them was was more at the back post. So uh, that's great to see that connection there. Um, I know that Jan uh, prides himself on on his service, and and we've certainly seen it uh, so far this year. And uh, you know, he's been able to Jan has been able to score from distance. Uh, which he was uh, pretty erratic with uh, last year. So if you're able to get some goals uh, from your central midfielder from 20 yards out, that's obviously uh, going to help things uh, going forward. You get yeah. a, a brace from your from your center back, <laughs> and uh, that obviously is something you can't rely on game in and game out. But uh, when you get those uh, those things uh, on the road, um, you're going to get lopsided score lines like five to two. Um, when you look at this at this. Where, the, where this team is at now in the current landscape of suspending the season, <clears throat> it's unfortunate because obviously Minnesota United is 2-0 and yeah. and had the momentum and the confidence, and we're coming home for you know the longest homestand of the season, uh, four games over five weeks, and, and really could create some separation in the Western Conference table, and now we're not quite sure where that's going to go, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. when they restart the season, uh, you know, in that 30-day window, they would, you know, probably, uh, if, the, if that first game, um, if, or if this previously scheduled game is still there, they'd play, uh, you know, the Los Angeles Galaxy, and then they'd, they'd go on the road. So that long homestand, that opportunity to kind of make some hay and create some distance in the Western Conference, uh, that was kind of set up for Minnesota United to be able to do so uh, has gone by the wayside, um, depending on where the schedule ends up playing out. So that's one of the one of the detriments. Not only do uh, we not have soccer to watch, not only do we have mm-hmm. not be, we're not able to watch Minnesota United, but we're not able to see if they're able to build on the momentum that they had generated in the first couple of weeks of the season. One thing that we saw that was kind of a that left people wondering is Kevin Molino went out in, I think, the 42nd right. minute. Um, that's one thing that will probably take care of itself now with this month off because from mm-hmm. everything I would have expected, I wouldn't have expected him to start on Sunday if they did play. Right. Uh, just right. out of an abundance of caution. It doesn't make sense. This early in yeah. the season, you're not necessarily pushing for a playoff spot quite yet. You're still in the beginning parts of the season, so why even risk it? So if if the injury is just a minor injury, then that'll give him time to this 30-day uh, delay will give him time to come back from injury. One guy who had something happen to him that he needed to happen to him, Robin Lud, finally gets on the goal sheet um, for yeah. Minnesota United after a very long time without scoring. It's his first goal for the club in all play. What did you think of his game and how he started this season? I've actually liked how he started this season, and I like that he finally got on the score sheet. I think that was really, he really needed that at this point in his Minnesota United career. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, first thing on the on the Kevin Molino injury. Yeah, obviously a, a month off will uh, allow him to work on that slight hamstring injury mm-hmm. uh, that he had that kept him out of training uh, on Tuesday. And yeah, I didn't expect him to play if there was going to be a game here this Sunday for the reasons he said. I mean, there's just uh, uh, such a long season, and and he's had issues with with hamstrings uh, last year and never quite felt 100 percent because of that. And and the recovery from his knee, so that'll help the the one injury that Minnesota United uh, has been dealing with. Yeah, Robin Lud. Um, yeah, this has been something that uh, United fans have been looking for for mm-hmm. a long time. I mean, he had he had that goal early in the second half uh, in the U.S. Open Cup final that kind of got him back in the game. Uh, but other than that, he hadn't scored 
in any MLS uh, competitions, yeah. and and uh, you know he's got he's one of their most expensive players. I think that was a shock to a lot of people uh, when the MLS uh, Players Association salary numbers came out last fall and and saw something close to a million dollars for him. Uh, so that is raise the bar uh, for him to produce, given that wage bill that he is sitting on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a rebound off Luis Amaria's uh, penalty kick. Yep. So it you know it was one of those things where you know you you a basketball player uh, gets a layup and uh, you know maybe it jump starts something for them. It you know gives them a little bit of confidence. It shows them that they uh, can do it to win. You know maybe you're in the run of play and you're able to. Um, kind of do some more with it. I, I think that you know he had a he had a really good chance um, in the, in Portland as well. Um, you know he, he was fed across, and then uh, from Finley and and uh, Steve Clark broke it up, and then Kevin Molino uh, was hustling down and and was able to to get a goal there. Mm-hmm. I you know I think it's it's been interesting because I don't think there's been a whole lot of of impact that he's had uh, in these first two games. I think it's been interesting because I think. He's come a little bit more centrally as well. Uh, hasn't gone, you know, really out to the touchline on the left side as much. Um, has kind of come in mm-hmm. uh, a little bit in an inverted spot, just kind of what I've seen at times um, to kind of combine uh, with Molino centrally. Uh, yeah, I think that you know that was something that was obviously needed. He needed the goal uh, desperately. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still waiting to see kind of more in the run of play from him uh, until I really think that he's he's all the way there and and worthy of of the wages and the starts and everything that he's been he's been getting. With him pushing towards the center to pair up with Kevin Lino a little bit more, we've seen Chase Gasper push forward more yeah. than we saw him at all last year push forward, and I think that's not gone well so far. Not as well as they would have hoped yeah. so far. I don't think he's had the greatest of start to starts to the season. We saw on on Saturday he gave up the penalty to to San Jose right. six minutes after the first goal. I don't right. think he's had the greatest of starts, the sophomore starts that he would have wanted. What are are you with me on that one? I I mean I don't think he's yeah. he's gotten off to the greatest of starts since this season started and coming off getting his first cap for the U.S. Right? Yeah, he's he his confidence uh, should be really high after mm-hmm. playing absolutely. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, in that in that game uh, for for the red, white, and blue. So yeah, he he should be all uh, all fired up, and and it sounds like his confidence is there. But you you wonder, you know, it, it, there's the talk of you know, is there sophomore slumps out there for guys? And and once you have a scouting report uh, and a body of work, you're not a surprise to other teams. And do they find things uh, that they can take advantage of? Yeah. And I wonder if we're if we're seeing that now. Uh, where Chase is maybe a little bit more of a known commodity and other teams are, are seeing something uh, in him to be able to attack. I, I think that there was a highlight that he had uh, in Portland. I don't know if it was Yimmy Chara um, going down like on a 60-yard run, and, yeah, and, was... and Chase was there for a lot of it, and that was impressive because I know Yimmy Chara is looked at as, as a pretty pacey player, and, and Chase was, was right there for most of it, and then Ozzy came in for the great side slide tackle to to kill off that counterattack. And led to a goal uh, yeah, after that. that. What's that? And that led to a goal after that, right after that. Right, yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they were able to kind of spring another transition on them, uh, which has been key for Minnesota United all year. I I was really looking forward to this game um, uh, coming up Sunday uh, before it got canceled or postponed because, you know, Minnesota United had been such a lethal counterattacking mm-hmm. team 
for these first two games. And I know Adrian, you know, wants to be a possession based uh, type of team uh, at home, but they had had so much success on the road. And I think that their identity is beast out defensively and spring uh, the uh, spring counterattacks and transitions on opponents. I wanted to see kind of how much that kind of reverted to maybe more uh, possession based because they were home or were they just going to allow, you know, uh, the Red Bulls to kind of, you know, kind of have the ball and, and spring counterattacks on them. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> as we keep talking about this and, um, you know, getting excited, but kind of looking at these games and covering them and analyzing them and wondering, you know, kind of where things could go. It just enforces what a is that there's his best player for 30 days. Yeah, it's, I, it's nothing against Chase Casper. I thought he was a great addition last year. It's just, he's, Yimmy Chara kind of had his way with him for most of the part, except for a couple plays where Chase made some great tackles and stops and kept up with them. And then the the bad tackle on on San, in San Jose, and it didn't right. seem like he was having the best of games there. Uh, one guy who's started off great for Minnesota through the first two games, Luis Emery, their new addition up top, mm-hmm. two goals, two games, two goals to his tw- he, the twenty five number is going to stick with him all season long because of his opening right. press conference there, but. I've loved the way his off-ball movement, and I think Cal and I mentioned uh-huh. this on the Crafty Rogues the other night, that his off-ball movement, and you saw it in Portland where he's able to just do that zigzagging run and basically put a Portland defender right where he didn't want to be and create space for Ethan Finley to find that cross. I thought he's played great, and his connection with Ethan Finley to start the season already has been great as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, he's, been, he's been very impressive, and that's what they've been looking for uh, for so long for a guy that just has uh, an eye for goal a guy that knows how to finish uh, especially with his head both of his goals have come off of headers and that's something that mm-hmm. that this team has lacked you know obviously the glaring uh angelo rodriguez miss uh and i think the 55th minute uh, the playoff game against the galaxy i think sticks with a lot of people as as kind of the the doldrums that this club has has dealt with uh from the striker position and we've seen luis be able to finish uh with his head we've able we're able to see the movement that can really be dangerous uh and you know nightmares for center backs because mm-hmm. You know, you're off the back shoulder and you don't know where they are. You don't know if if the run that they're making is the spot that they want to go to or or it's to set up, uh, you know, some space uh, in another spot. And I think that we've seen with Amaria that, that he can do that. I think that he's shown himself to be very athletic. I think that we're also seeing him, you know, contribute uh, on the defensive side as well. And, yeah, I mean, he's connected with, with Kevin Molino. Uh, for his header at San Jose, he connected with Ethan Finley uh, for his header goal uh, in Portland, and yeah, it's just it's very encouraging to see. I mean, you'd like to see that that penalty be taken uh, a little bit better, and he's sitting on on three goals in two games. Uh, that would obviously be a better off for his right. for like you said that twenty five number. That's going to be you know uh, he should wear number twenty five absolutely instead, just because it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be associated with him all year, and rightfully so. I think that. You know, when you, when you, when you talk to athletes so often and you wonder, you know, what their goals are and, and what they tell you is, you know, something, uh, a version of that, maybe something like double digits, they mm-hmm. say, like Kevin Molino has, but to be that audacious and, and as Kevin Molino said about Amaria, kind of have that, that personality to be able to, to say that, um, while also not coming off as, as cocky or brash or, 
or arrogant right. because in that opening press conference he was you know abundantly polite to reporters thanking them for questions you know greeting them uh, when new people would ask questions so it, it was done uh, it, it obviously comes with a lot of swagger but it didn't come off with an air of, of cockiness when he said it and and he's backed it up so far and and it's been great to see yeah it, it it's been a delight to see the Minnesota attack come out firing eight goals in the first two games, and it's something I'm not really concerned that will not come back once the 30 days or when, whenever they, whenever MLS comes back because of how it started this season. It's something that clearly they have going for them, especially on that counterattack, and it, like right. you mentioned, it's something that I want to see when they come home is how they play, how differently they mm-hmm. play when they're at home. It's some that attack and having that connection isn't something I'm really concerned will disappear with this with this time off now. Are you concerned that it's going to disappear at this time off? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, you always wonder about about those things yeah. and how much uh, continuity um, you can carry forward. You know, when you have a, a moratorium on training for a few days and and you're not quite sure how much group activities you're going to be doing once you do get back uh, at the National Sports Center in Blaine and, and start training again. But, yeah, I mean, if you have, if you have the, the strategy there to be able to, to spring on the counterattack and, and you have a, a chemistry developing with certain players and, and you see that bear out in the games, you think, okay, this is something that they uh, can keep doing. Why, why couldn't they? But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be the unknown um, as we wait here to see when the next game is and, and who it's against and where it's at and, and how they try to attack it and how much of the things that they've been doing so successfully in the first two away games uh, carry forward after this after this 30-day, uh, at least 30-day break. Yeah. Normally this is where I would ask for a prediction, but uh, we're not, unfortunately, having a game <laughs> because of all this. So, Andy, thank you for your time. Much appreciated for coming on uh, the Loon Talk podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I enjoy listening, and, and thank thanks you. for having me on as a guest. And, and, yeah, hopefully we can do it. Some other time when I'm not feeling like a, a public health reporter and, and <laughs> right. actually talk uh, a little bit more soccer and, and preview a preview a game and recap one that just happened. So, yeah, I look forward to keep listening. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. You can find him at Andy Greeter on Twitter. You can find all his work over at the Pioneer Press at TwinCities.com. Thank you for listening to the Loon Talk. I'm Jonathan Harrison, the radio host for all pre-, half-, and post-game shows for Minnesota United Radio Broadcast, also producer for the Crafty Rogues, Mackie and Judd with Rami and Purple Daily here on Scornor. Thank you for listening. Come back next week. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. 